One, two, three, four, five, let's go! From the plastic microphone studios deep in the heart of Cajun country, this is Fave 5 from Vans. I'm your host, Jamie Ray, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. This episode was not actually recorded in the plastic microphone studios, but instead we were on location during the Calcasieu Cereal Fest. I've invited my fellow podcaster, Kendall Fontenot, to discuss with us the favorite Kiss songs. Yeah! We now join the episode already in progress. And what a gloomy day it is outside, but luckily we are in the famous, well, we're actually not in the Brimstone Museum. We're actually right next to it. What, what, what is uh, it? We're in the Henning House. The Henning House. <clears throat> and it is the perfect place to rock and roll all night and party every day. Really? Absolutely. I wonder where that place was. <laughs> I thought it was maybe in, you know, the Key West or something. But no, now I know it's right here in Sulphur. Right in Sulphur, yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, Kendall, why don't you tell uh, all of our 12 listeners out there in the podcast universe all about yourself, tell us about the uh, alternate universe and everything else you've got going on. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a pretty basic guy. My name is Kendall Fontenot. Uh, I have a blog called Ken's Alternate Universe. Uh, you can find that at kenfontenot.wordpress.com. But if you don't want to spell a Cajun name, just go to Facebook, put in Ken's Alternate Universe, look for the pink and black logo with the rocket ship. That's me. And uh, I have links there to Twitter, Instagram, and my blog. And uh, basically, my blog is my, my little playland. I, I review things, I talk about stuff. Um, I have lists on there. They're not as good as the Fave 5 lists. Thank you for recognizing it. I'm sorry, but you're <laughs> right. But thank you for you know getting it out of the way. But they're pretty darn good. <laughs> and uh, At least I think so. And if you're, a, if you're a fan of horror, if you're a classic horror specifically. But I do cover all horror. I cover uh, comics, uh, all sorts of movies. You name it. If, if I feel like writing about it, I write about it. Uh, I have a lot of action figure reviews on there. Uh-huh. Uh, I am not a virgin, though. No. So, you know, that's a that's unique true. thing well, for action yeah, figure there, collectors. There's a kid, but I didn't want to ask. It does look like... There's two the kids. UPS, two. There was a kid that looks like the UPS driver, and there's a kid who looks like the mailman. But again, I don't make any judgments. It's but all yours. Right now, I am doing the Year of Kiss. And uh, that is... I've done a few Kiss things over the years, but this year in particular, I've taken all 20 studio albums, mm-hmm. and I review two each month, the last Friday on each month. June and July, I took a break. I took a solo summer break. I reviewed uh, all four of the solo albums from 1978. Yes. Just wrapped that up. And uh, I'm about to go into the no makeup era. Sweet. And so your love of Kiss is pretty much what uh, brought us to where we are today. Yep. Um, so tell, tell everybody, because this is, this is your idea. And again, we're talking about our five favorite Kiss songs of all time. 
Um, well, I'm talking about five plus a couple honorable mentions. You're talking about what, 37? At last count, 36. 36, okay. Yeah, yeah well, I'll whittle it down for you. I that would be, it yeah, that would be overkill. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this was all your idea. Why don't you tell us about where you came up with it? Well, I'm, I'm a KISS fan. I, I'm, I am a, a card carrying member of the KISS Army. And yeah, you are. Uh, I love the band, I love their music. And I think in, in a lot of ways, people underestimate KISS's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you know, everybody knows them for Gene spitting up blood, or the demon, or, you know, spitting yeah. up blood, blowing fire. You know, you've got Paul swinging through the crowd. You had Ace and Peter there. <laughs> uh, Ace would shoot rockets from his his guitar. Peter would destroy his drum kit when he got mad. You know, all, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of that stuff like that. was his superpower, that. huh? And but that's what people know him for—the spectacle. And uh, I think, you know, I mainly wanted to do this because number one, I love Kiss, and number two. I want to give these songs to people so that they can look for them themselves mm-hmm. and listen to them and appreciate them for what they are, not just for the loud, bombastic, hairy-fisted rock that everybody knows them for. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And um, as a matter of fact, what I wanted to make sure we point out is that we, we talked about this after you did a panel yes. at SyphaCon yep. not too long ago. Uh, and tell us about that panel. That panel was basically uh, a tied kiss to pop culture, to comic books, basically. Uh, they are rock and roll superheroes. That's right. And that was the whole, from the outset, that's what they wanted to be. Gene and Paul have repeatedly said for almost 50 years now, they wanted to give people a show they wouldn't forget. They wanted to give people larger than life characters. They created these you know, crazy personas. A lot of people call them, you know, kabuki characters because of the black and white. Right. But uh, they, they created these four, the original members created these four personas that they used. And then later on as band members left, um, and that's debatable if they were fired or if they walked. Right. We're not here to talk about that. No. <laughs> uh, you had two other personas well, enter the group. Well, great. I want to segue right into that. So there were a total of six shared by different individuals. Yes. Um, why don't you re- go through those real quick so people know what we're right. talking about because I hardly, I didn't really even know about the Ankh Warrior. Um, the, the most iconic one is uh, Gene Simmons as the demon. That's the guy with the long tongue and he spits blood out um, and he has, it almost looks sort of like bat wings mm-hmm. on his face and then he has a widow's peak that he paints down there. He's the demon. He is evil personified. He's this monster. He's scary. And he he basically takes over the stage whenever and you can tell that when you're listening to Kiss, once you, you start listening to him, you'll pick up the demons songs have a completely different tone right. than the tone of the other uh, members of the band. Uh, the second most iconic one would probably be the Star Child. Mm-hmm. That was Paul Stanley. It's a simple big black star over his eye with red lipstick and uh, he was the center of attention. He is the star of the show. He's the lady killer. He's, he's the one that everybody loves. And uh, he, although all members of the band sing, he's the front man. Right. Um, people, there, there, there's some debate over whether it's him or Gene, but if you ever go attend the show, Paul does almost all the talking. Yeah. And he is the, he is the star of the show. Then you had the space ace. Uh, later called the Spaceman, originally uh, developed by or created by Ace Freely. Uh, it has been worn since by uh, since uh, the early 2000s by Tommy Thayer. 
Uh, there was a lot of controversy over his makeup and the next one I'm going to be talking about here. But uh, Ace Freely claimed that he was an alien from the planet Jindal. Mm-hmm. And he's an out-of-this-world guitar player. Right. Um, and he, that's pretty much his whole thing. He's an oddball. Yeah. And he, you know, he admitted that he was this weird kid growing up. He never felt like he fit in. He always thought he was from space. Well, there you go. And then you've got the cat, or the cat man. Develop, uh, originally created by Peter Chris, later worn by Eric Singer. The original concept for the, uh, the cat man was that Peter Chris grew up in New York. He grew up on some pretty tough streets. Uh, both he and Ace Freely were members of gangs for a while. Oh, wow. But Peter Chris was pretty deep into gang culture, I guess you'd say. And uh, he always believed that he had nine lives. He was like a cat. Uh-huh. And so you'll see him on stage with a three on his back. And one of the thoughts, and it depends on who you ask, one of the thoughts is that three is, he's on his, he's got three lives left. Wow. Yeah, now, I don't know if that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's yeah, a great story. But it's a cool story. Um, but yeah, he, he was replaced later by Eric Singer. Eric Singer has worn the makeup ever since. Um, and uh, again, very controversial whenever Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer took over the cat and the spaceman. Mm -hmm. uh, very controversial amongst KISS uh, fans and even within the band itself. Wow. Uh, because uh, there were later members of the band in the 80s who uh, did not like the idea. Okay. Uh, and uh, Bruce Kulick was a guitarist for the band primarily in the 80s. He, he played for him a little while into, into the 90s until the reunion. But Bruce Kulick, when the reunion tour kicked off, Ace left. Ace was replaced by Tommy. Mm-hmm. And Bruce never said anything about why he wasn't asked to rejoin the band. Um, he's I stayed away from it. Personally, it's just my opinion. I believe he did it out of respect for Ace. Oh wow! Because a lot of guitarists, you know, throughout time, they list Ace as one of their biggest influences. Right. Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. He's an Ace fan. He was buried with an Ace T-shirt on, if I remember. Oh wow! Um, you'll see a lot of uh, players with the lightning bolt yeah. guitar strap. That's for Ace. People love Ace. I yeah. mean, he's he's probably one. Of, he's probably the most famous member of the band who is no longer in the band. Right. Um, and then later on, whenever Peter Chris first left the band, he was replaced by uh, a, a, a drummer named Eric Carr, mm -hmm. and uh, Eric took on the Fox. That was his persona. Right. Uh, he had orange paint, orange and black paint on his. Um, I never, I've never found the reason why they chose the Fox. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was just because that's what Paul came up with. Uh, and then after that, after Ace Freely left the band, he was replaced by Vinnie Vincent. Uh, Vinnie Vincent would go on to have the Vinnie Vincent invasion. And, yeah. Um, he's kind of gone underground. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a different cat. Okay. And uh, he was the, the wizard or the Ankh warrior. That's okay. the, the same name for, that's uh, two names for the same character. He had an Ankh painted on, painted on his face. Yeah. And uh, they called him the wizard because he was a guitar whiz. And Vinnie Vincent really is an amazing guitarist. Okay. And uh, they called him the Ankh Warrior, I guess, because they liked Egypt. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know oh. what the deal was there. And then there was also when Eric Singer was uh, coming back to the band uh, after the reunion, there was talk of him being the eagle. Okay. And you can Google it. 
and you can look up Eric Singer the Eagle, and there's a mock-up of what he was supposed to look like in the band as the Eagle. It was terrible. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad they stuck with the cat. It was. It was horrible. Wow. But yeah, that's that's the. Well, that's cool. That's all six. The six of them. personas. Yeah. Already learning. Uh, that was very very nice, man. Very well done. I checked them off as you went along, and, and you went you went very very well very well. Uh, I did read a little thing that said that they had asked two of the members who were only in the group during the no makeup period if they were and one of them said he would have created the dog um i don't i don't know who who did yeah, that you I know. Don't know um and the other one would have created uh pennywise the no never mind <laughs> totally different one um <clears throat> anyway well okay so now that we have our basis in who they are um i've asked you to create a list of your five favorite kiss songs of all time and I've given you uh, honorable mentions, and you've taken that and run with it. Absolutely. You, you have 13 uh, honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But um, if you are ready, um, we can go ahead and get started with honorable mentions. Okay. I limited myself mm -hmm. to the 20 studio albums. Oh, uh, thank I, you. I did not include the four uh, solos, and I did not include any of the live albums. Okay. Uh, or the releases smashes Slashes, and hits and killers which had original a couple of original songs on them but they were greatest hits albums compilations see i would have allowed that if the, the well well, well to be honest new. with you none of those would have been on my list anyway so. oh okay okay <laughs> but yeah um my honorable mentions I, I got it down to four and i'll be completely honest four. with you these four have just as much of a shot to be in the top five uh -huh. as the five that are actually there and there are other ones that aren't on this list that will be number one or number two next week. Wow. My list constantly changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I take that back. Number one is pretty much locked in. Okay. But everything after that is hot swappable. Awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's start knocking them out. All right. The, my first honorable mention is 1989's Forever from Hot in the Shade, my least favorite Kiss album. It was also my first Kiss album. Oh, wow. Uh, Did forever, you get it on cassette or? I had it on cassette and then CD. Oh, okay. okay. Um, forever was, I call it my gateway song for Kiss. I was aware of Kiss growing up. Uh, I was born in 76, the same year that Destroyer was released. And uh, so I was a child, an infant, when they were peaking. Right. And uh, I, I remembered seeing a, one of my friends at school in, uh, in kindergarten. He had a lunchbox with the Love Gun cover on it. And Ace, for whatever reason, was the one that creeped me out. Gene didn't. The demon really? didn't bother me, but Ace bothered me for some reason. And I was aware of rock and roll all night and shouted out loud, those types of songs. But I never really paid much attention to them. Uh, as I got older, I became a huge fan and am still a huge fan of a band that was heavily influenced by Kiss. And that was Motley Crue. Okay. Motley Crue was my band up until I rediscovered Kiss. I mean, uh, they, uh, Motley Crue was my gateway to Kiss, I guess you could say. <laughs> but I heard Forever, and it is a, uh, a ballad, a power ballad by the band, written by Paul Stanley and Michael Bolton. Oh my God. And yeah, it's that Michael Bolton. The Michael Bolton. Now, he, there, there's some controversy over how much input he actually had on the song. Yeah. Paul Stanley said he pretty much had it hammered out. Michael Bolton just came in and helped him flesh it out some more. And Boltonized it. And Boltonized it. And, uh, but it's, it's an amazing song. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with yeah, it, but I, 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 it's one of my favorite Kiss songs. I actually wanted it played at my wedding. 
Really? But after we, we started doing everything, setting up the wedding itself, my wife and I decided it just didn't fit. The oh, your wife and you yeah, decided. Yeah, my wife and I decided oh, that. Oh, okay. So it's totally a mutual decision. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I believe that. But no, man, that, that, that song, I, I just, I love it. Whenever I'm feeling down, <laughs> I'll put forever on Aww. Whenever I'm feeling blue, you know, I'll slap that song on. I, I love the acoustic guitar solo by Bruce Kulick in there. It's one of my favorite Kiss uh -huh. solos overall. And um, it's, it's just a great fun song uh, and like I said it's the one that got me back into the group uh, my next uh, honorable mention is from 1984's Animal Eyes it's a song called Heavens on Fire oh yeah uh, that is the only album to feature Mark St. John as the guitarist for Kiss he had I think it was called Reactive Arthritis and he was unable to tour with the band and so they brought in Bruce Kulick to replace him and Mark St. John Sadly, passed away just a few years ago. He uh -huh. uh, he he did not have a very good life. But "Heavens on Fire" is one of those songs. It's written by Paul Stanley again, and Desmond Child, and it's performed by Paul Stanley. Um, "Heavens on Fire." I know this is going to shock you. But it's about sex. What? Yes. Get out of here. Uh, pretty much all of Kiss's songs are about sex or what they think passes for sex. <laughs> Uh, I just, it's, it's just another one. I love the opening hook. The dun, you know, I just love the way it opens up, and uh, I, I love Paul's vocals. Mm -hmm. Dude's got amazing range, and I, I loved his vocals on uh, that song, "Heaven's on Fire." Uh, my third honorable mention is the the one out of the ones here I have that would fight to be in the top five this what should have been number five uh -huh. a couple days ago but it has dropped well, down yeah and we do again tomorrow could be yeah. back on there hard luck woman oh yeah from uh rock and roll over 1976 rock and roll over is one of my favorite kiss albums um hard luck woman was written by paul stanley with the full intention of it being a rod stewart song Really? And if you, it's, it's sung by Peter Chris, and Peter Chris has that real raspy voice. Right. He sounds a lot like Rod Stewart, but he's kind of like Rod Stewart if he had gotten into a street fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Hard Luck Woman, it's almost, it's, on, the, on the live albums, it's almost like a country song. It's got a lot of twang to it. Yeah. But it's like a, it's like a, a fusion of blues and country. And um, it just, it's an oddball song to me. It doesn't sound like Kiss. Yeah, it is Kiss, but it doesn't sound like him to me, and uh, I, I just I love it. I love how he, he's telling her th throughout the whole song he has to leave. Right, it's not her, it's him. Yeah. It, it's sure essentially it the the entire theme of the song is it's not me, it's you. <laughs> but it, it it is not you, it's me. Yeah, and uh, he and he's just leaving her the whole song, and but he keeps telling, her, no, yeah, you're good, you're, you're cool, yeah. you know, you're not a hard luck woman. Yeah, yeah everything's but gonna be okay. you are. you're fine. <laughs> And uh, it's just a fun song. It's, right. it's, 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 again, with Kiss, it's just fun. Yeah. Um, my final one, I promise, this is my final sure, one. Sure, sure. Could have been in the top five as well. Okay. It is from the album Most Beloved by Kiss fans. Uh-huh. It's 1979's Dynasty. Yes. Often referred to as the disco album. I argue <laughs> that Unmasked is more disco. Okay. But uh, yeah, Sure Know Something is the song. Okay, not familiar with that. Uh, sure Know Something, uh, my favorite version of the song is from the MTV Unplugged album. Oh, that's a great show. Uh, and 
sure know something. It's it's actually about a guy uh, losing his uh, his virginity and the woman not reciprocating. You know, after after the deed is done, you know, time has gone by and he's thinking about her. Yeah. And you know, he says, "I've been I've, I've been a gambler, but I'm nobody's fool. But I sure know something. Uh-huh. You know, he learned from this. Oh, uh, okay. And he's saying how he still loves her, but she won't have anything to do with him. Yeah. And it's one of the few times where Kiss, the singer, which is Paul Stanley, uh, he, he's the lead singer on this one. He uh, in this song, it's one of the few times where the guy ends up on, you know, the bad end." Or you know he he's he's the hurt one right in the song you know um, it was written by Paul Stanley and Vinnie Pontia and uh, it's 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 one of those songs it's it's kind of a power ballad uh, it's it's a, a breathy Paul Stanley song oh breathy and uh, I actually I watched a, a video react a reaction video there's a married couple who watch uh, anybody who that's thrown at them but they really love uh, Kiss okay. And sure know something is one of them that they reacted to, uh, and then there was an, the the lady always talks about how soulful Paul's voice is. Yeah, and uh, there was another song, uh, "I Still Love You," that they did on that unplugged. They they watched the unplugged performance of that song, and she mentions that if Paul hadn't become a rock star, he could have been a soul or an R and B artist. Yeah, and her words, she says, all the black ladies would throw their panties on the stage. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, uh, it's one of those songs where Paul sings. He sings a lot of falsetto in, in many of his songs. Uh, but Dynasty and Unmasked, there was a lot of falsetto stuff in there. Okay. And uh, he sings at the higher end of his range, for sure knows something for the most part. It's a, it's a real punchy ballad, and uh, just it sticks with me. It's one of those songs I'll be driving along, and just out of nowhere, I'll start singing sure knows something. Wow. Um, well, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, and like me, you're unfamiliar with the song, um, if you go to Spotify and you're listening here, you'll be able to find uh, a playlist at the end of this show that's going to have all of the songs that we're discussing uh, in the order that we're discussing them. And I definitely am going to listen to that one because I can't even place that song. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorites. Awesome, awesome. So um, that's your four. That's my four. So I'm done without. Right. I did notice that you threw a fifth in there where you were talking about well, it. Well, no, no. Without one, saying it was an honorable mention. That's not an honorable mention. It's uh-huh, just a uh-huh. fun. It's, it's a fun side story. Sure, it is. About sure panties is. being. Th- everything's fun when panties are thrown at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have two honorable mentions, and uh, oddly enough, um, uh, Vinny Ponce. How do you say Vinny Ponce? Yeah. He was actually one of the writers, along with Desmond Child and Paul Stanley, um, on the Dynasty album from 1979, I Was Made for Loving You, Baby. Yes, you were, Jamie. Yes, Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, we, as you know, Paul Stanley was the lead vocalist, and it had the original Fab Four um, yes. in that group. Just a, just a really good song where it's, there's a lot of confidence in it, where he knows uh, he was made for loving her, and he has no qualms about telling her. Um, again, I think it's a, a good song. It's got you know a lot of uh, a lot of just um, I don't know musto, um, you know gucho. <laughs> ah, just I don't know. It's a really great song. And again, um, I agree with you that it was one of their best albums. Um, and I was six at the time, and my brother was eight, and uh, uh, he had this one. 
and I remember because I had a lot of these vinyls um, when I was growing up so uh, yep so that would be uh, I was made for loving you baby and then the next one I was actually unfamiliar with the fact that in 1974 Kiss released Kiss I've seen the picture that's on the album cover but I never realized that it was the album cover. Yeah. I thought it was just promotional. Um, and I could tell right away you're going to know what song it is, but I'm going to I'm going to tell you simply that it was written by Gene Simmons and sung by Gene Simmons. Written and sung, okay. Mhm. It's right. Deuce. Deuce. Yeah. Deuce is uh I'm going to let you talk about it and no, I'm gonna throw I, in some stuff. No, but I'm Here's the thing, I am not gonna talk about these songs uh, aside <laughs> from talking about, honestly, how much I love them. Because I'm only just just vibing on, you know, uh, Lily was actually very upset with me that she wasn't in, involved in this episode because Lily's a huge Kiss fan. Um, she's We've brought her to see Kiss twice. Uh, the first time she saw it at Gretna Fest uh, outside, she got the whole demon makeup on. I mean, throwing out the, the rock and roll symbol. So, <laughs> Um, for me, it's just about the music, but what I'm going to rely on you for is for you to tell me the good stories. Okay. Now, Deuce, I know this is a family show, mm -hmm. a family pod, so I'm going to be as kind with my words here Thank as you. possible. <clears throat> There's no official meaning to Deuce, okay. but most likely Gene uh -huh. has hinted that it's probably about sexual intercourse. Uh-huh. In uh, a different area than oh, normal. Oh, like in a car. Yeah. Okay. In, in, right, the, in the in the back seat. In the back seat of the car. Yes. I got yes. you. How how that must be uncomfortable because uh, you know some of those cars <laughs> don't have really big trunks. Yeah, you, really got, you need a caddy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I did not know that. Now, if, uh, if you listen to the lyrics, you know he's telling her, you know, your your, your man's worth a deuce. Yeah. You know he's been working hard. Uh -huh. He's worth a deuce. Basically, give him some loving. That he doesn't always get. Of the car. Yeah, you know? I mean, be a little wow. adventurous, you know? Oh, man. That's, that's, just, that's what Deuce is most I thought it was about, about pooping, to be honest no, with you. No, you know, and you know uh, that's, my son makes that joke, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I just leave it at that with him. Because he's a, he's, he's a huge Kiss fan as well. But yeah, that's, that's okay. Deuce. Okay. Now, you know, what is it about Deuce that you like? Is it the... Mostly it's... Yes, man, they're working hard. He's worth our dues. Yeah, right. I just, yeah. I don't know, the hook, I guess yeah. you call it. It is, yeah, it's, it is, it's one of those songs. And, and again, Deuce, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit this. Deuce is not on my list. Okay. But it easily could have made it onto the list. Really? Uh, yeah. Most Kiss songs. There's a couple that wouldn't have made it. But yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm actually very interested in how much of our lists will intersect. Because um, except for maybe one or two things, um, I don't have a lot of um, songs that weren't popular. You know, yeah. I don't go into a lot of the albums. Uh, Double Platinum was my favorite album of all time, and it's a live album, so you know. But, but it's, Double Platinum is a greatest hits album. A oh, greatest hits. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's got hits. it's got so, some very cool songs on there. It's got a, it's got a couple of edited versions of songs. Yeah. So so most of my childhood really was playing Double Platinum. 
you know, four sides of vinyl. With the silver embossed with the silver, cover. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Well, the platinum embossed cover. Right, right. And I still yeah. have it at home. But uh, so, so mine's a little skewed where I don't, didn't take a lot of my love of Kiss from individual albums. Um, so, so anyway, so that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how much actual, uh, you know, crossover we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So if that is, um, that's good. I think we're good. That's all the honorable mentions. We can just lick it up. We can go. Oh, we're gonna have <laughs> I'm going to do a lot of kids references. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, all right, well, great. Well, then let's just, just go ahead and, and kick this off. Give us your number five. Okay, number five shouldn't surprise anybody because this is one of Kiss's biggest songs. Uh-huh. Uh, it's from Destroyer, 1976 Destroyer, the iconic album cover with the destroyed city behind, yeah. the band flying out at you, coming to get you by Ken Kelly. All right. By the way, that's the artist of that cover. Detroit Rock City. Yeah, great uh, song. Written by Paul Stanley and producer Bob Ezrin. Um, Detroit Rock City is one of those songs. I mean, it had its own movie. I love, <laughs> excuse me, I love Ace's solo. Uh-huh. This is another one of my, my top solos by Kiss. But it's the bass line in this song that just drives it home. The doom, doom, doo 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 doom, doom, doo 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 I love that bass line. And to me, people don't appreciate just how good of a bassist Gene was. Everybody says how simple Kiss's songs were. Well, Detroit Rock City is actually one of their more articulate songs. And, I mean, he's just standing over there just blasting out the doom, doom, doo doo just killing it, you know? And the song is about basically about life right uh, originally it started out paul stanley had a, an idea for a song about detroit because he was really into the detroit music scene okay how rock and roll was driving at that time in the, in the early 70s or mid 70s how uh, rock and roll was was like starting to peak in detroit and he wanted to write the song sort of as a as a um a thank you i guess you could say okay to detroit to the music scene specifically and uh, he, he took the idea for the song. He said, hey, I've got an idea for a song about Detroit. And he had the first, he had, he had the chorus, you know, get up, everybody's going to be. He had that nailed down, but he wanted something to fill in the verses. Right. And Bob Ezrin, legend has it, Bob Ezrin told Paul about a story of, a, I think it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, kid was driving to a Kiss concert. Uh-huh. And he gets killed in a car accident. Oh. And he never got to see Kiss live. And so they ran with it. And if you listen to the song on the album, on yeah. Destroyer, it starts out, you hear the, like radio. the, the TV going. Oh, it's the, a TV. The, okay. It's, well, okay. it starts off as a TV and you hear the people, you hear like uh, spoons clanging in cups and stuff. They're yeah. staring at coffee or whatever. You hear all of that. It's like they're in a diner. Then he gets out. He opens the door and he fires up the engine. Boom. You, you hear the engine. And then kisses on the radio playing. Right. It's, it's, it's actually um, the, uh, the live album playing on the radio and he, you know, he guns the engine a few times and he takes off and then as the song progresses and then you hear the da 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 you know the build up da -da. And, and once that kicks in then throughout the rest of the song you hear different things happening right with the car and then uh, at the end of the song spoiler alert you hear these screeching wheels and then you hear a crash to me it's like the longest crash in history yeah. it's like the ricky bobby crash on talladega nights it's just constantly <laughs> it won't end and uh 
and then it goes right into King of the Nighttime World, that song. And uh, But on Double Platinum, they edited all of that out. Oh. And then they had a radio edit. The original version was like five minutes, 13 seconds. The radio edit was like three minutes, 13 oh, wow. seconds. Okay. So it cuts a big chunk out yeah. of the song. Um, I have no problem listening to any of any version of Detroit Rock. Yeah, City. I like the original version. That song is just amazing. Um, I just the, the the funny thing, one funny note about it. Detroit Rock City was released released as a single. Uh huh. Beth was the B side on there. Oh wow! Okay. Well, Detroit Rock City didn't chart. It's one of their biggest songs now. I mean, everybody loves Detroit Rock City, but it didn't chart. So, but Beth was yeah. drawing a lot of attention. So they they flipped it, and in September of the same year, they released Beth with the Detroit Rock City as a B side. Detroit Rock City, <laughs> Beth was the mega hit, but Detroit Rock City became more popular because everybody was buying the Beth single and hearing Detroit Rock City. And so, even though it never charted, yeah, it, it's still one of their most famous songs. Wow, I never knew that. That's really yeah. cool. See, that's why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, awesome. Um, okay, well then, my number five is from Dress to Kill. Okay. Um, a really kind of cool cover, you know? I mean, they're in the makeup and everything, but they're all in suits. And I assume standing out like on a New York, you know, uh, uh, on the street there. Um, it is a song that uh, both Gene and Paul wrote. And again, Gene is the lead vocalist. And I guess going back and looking over this list, I didn't realize how many of my songs um, Gene sings. Or not just alone, but is a huge part of the right. song. Because um, every song you always think of, it's Paul Stanley. Yeah. But uh, Gene, Gene has a nice presence in here. And uh, of course, I'm talking about rock and roll all night. Yeah. I mean, it is a quintessential party yeah. song. Uh, it's what we all want to do. Um, so, uh, okay, so tell me something about rock and roll. I know it came out in Dress to Kill in 1975, written by Gene and Paul, and uh, it was the original 5 4. Dress to oh, Kill? F- 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 four, four, five, five, five. I don't know. Everywhere you the go ahead. Four. Yeah. <clears throat> Dress to Kill actually tanked. Kiss's first three albums bombed. Wow. All three of them. Uh, Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, and Dress to Kill. All three bombed. Wow. Uh, rock and rock and roll. All, I almost said rock and roll over. Rock and roll all night didn't really have any impact. It wasn't until Alive was released that that song really took off. Really. Um, and the cover you mentioned how you know the suits. Yeah. Those were the produ- the album producers. I think that was Bob Ezrin. On that album, also, those are his suits. Only what? Only Peter Chris, I believe, had an actual suit. I think that's what it was. Because if you notice, if you look at Gene, like the the, the I noticed the, his arms pants, looked weird. The pants and were the, almost up to his calves. That's true with those big white sl- yeah, uh, shoes on. I think it's Ace. The whole suit is just baggy. It's like he's wet. It's just wow. It's just I, don't, I never looked yeah. that close to it. Yeah, that's and then they actually recreated that cover um, with Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer. Okay, I just saw a few that years ago. Somewhere there was it was it's some clothing company. They, they sold suits and they actually, of course, the kids had money by then. Yeah. So they, they have all these nice fitted suits on <laughs> and they, they re, recreated that. Cover. Wow. Okay. I saw that and I didn't know where that was from. But yeah, rock and roll all night didn't, nobody cared about it until Alive. Wow. And that's the version. That's usually, if you hear rock and roll all night on the radio, it's the Alive version. And in my opinion, it is the only way that you can end a Kiss concert. Yeah. Yeah, because it does go out into the night, rock and roll all night. It's almost like Catholic Church. This fast is ended, go out. (laughs) Yeah, and it's 
it's, it's a religious experience. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Well, good. Well, then that's my number five. We are now at your number four. My number four, um, hardcore fans probably, uh, to be honest with you, most of my list, the hardcore fans probably won't like. Okay. Uh, that's okay. It's your list, not It's my theirs. list. Yeah, I don't care what they think. But, <laughs> but uh, this song is my favorite song to see performed live by okay. Kiss. I sing along with I sing along with it in my car. I sing along with it in the shower. I sing along with it at live shows. My all-time favorite live song to hear. But since we're doing studio albums, it only comes in at number four. Oh, and that's okay. 1987's Crazy Crazy Nights from Crazy Nights. Okay. Uh, it was written by Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell. Um, Adam Mitchell actually is a, a very successful songwriter. He's written songs for Merle Haggard, Olivia Newton-John, uh, Chicago. Uh-huh. Paul Anka, you know, all these amazing rock stars, you know, yeah, like Paul Anka, yeah, the heavy, I, mean, I think, when I think Olivia Newton-John, I think Kiss. Yeah, well, when I think heavy metal, I think Testament and Paul Anka. I mean, that's, uh. <laughs> but yeah, that, that song, it, it, it was the first top 10 single for Kiss in the UK. Okay. And it features Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Eric Carr, and Bruce Kulick. Uh, other than uh, Forever and, uh, Heavens on Fire, I believe this is the first song that doesn't have the original four. That oh, okay. In my okay. list. Um, and Crazy Crazy Nights, it calls back to other songs by the group. Um, and my favorite line in the entire song, it's, and it's, it's just like this rock anthem. And when Paul Stanley's up there singing it, he's standing there and the crowd is just looking up at him. And, you know, there, there's this one part, this is my music. This is my crowd. These are my people. We love it loud. Yeah. That's a, that's a callback to I Love It Loud from Creatures of the Night. Okay. And uh, it's just that song, I get caught up into it. It really is. I mean, it's not a religious experience, but it's the closest you can get to a religious experience, in my opinion, <laughs> without actually having a religious experience. That song, um, when it starts up, with that, woo, you know, and dun, 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 and then when he when he goes into it, I mean, it, it just it picks me up right away, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I just sing these are crazy, 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 and you just want to keep saying crazy, yeah. and it's a very if you break it down, it's a very simple song, kind of like rock and roll all night, very simple lyrics, very repetitive chorus, yeah. but there's just something about the way they deliver it, and uh, it just it, I get swept up in that song every time. Uh, my, it's definitely my favorite live song to hear, but it but is only your fourth favorite. My number four. Oh, that's a good one. Well, I'm going to parry that one with my own number four that comes from the Revenge album. Okay, I think you know Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. Um, I was very interested to find out Paul Ballard, uh, I mean Russ Ballard, uh, Bob Ezrin got with Gene and Paul uh, to write this song. And when I was looking at the band members at the time, there are five band members that were listed. Okay. Um, they had Paul, Gene, Bruce, Eric, and Eric. Eric Singer and Eric Carr. Yes. The re- Do you know the reason for no, that? No, that's why okay. I'm pointing. Eric Carr. Well, I guess we should say it's God Gave Rock and Roll God to, rock to you. That's actually not the song I was thinking of. Oh, really? Um, that, that song, that song there is cool, but it is not on my list. Ah, okay. And the song I'm thinking of is not on my list either. What's the song you were thinking of? Uh, it's dun, dun. I, I, now I gotta sing it because I lost the title. Dun, 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 dun. I am the incubus. It's uh, oh gosh, uh, 
some kiss warrior you this, are. This no, this kills the me. The t-shirt and everything. And this you can't kills even, me. Uh, I am the incubus. I put my none in you. <laughs> yes. Unholy. Unholy. Okay. Unholy. Da, 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 da. No, no. See, just I had to you. get it out, man. Mine, mine is is not. I, I honestly, I don't go that deep. Well, into unholy the is is probably one of the most popular songs. Though. Really? Because from when Revenge came out, it was a kick in the teeth. To all the stuff they did in the 80s yeah because they got really really glam in the 80s right and a lot of people hated them for that whatever those people are dumb those people are I'm idiots <laughs> i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that get me canceled. but uh, that was aggravating man uh whenever people trash the glam era for yeah. kiss but yeah revenge was like this big you know you think we can't do heavy metal here's unholy wow you know taste this so and, one thing i noticed about this album and, and I'm sure you're going to be able to tell me is that the two S's on the at the end of Kiss on the Revenge album are di stylized differently. Okay, I'm going to answer that question, but I need to go back and tell you the whole Eric Singer Eric Carr. Oh, okay, thing, that's right. Because I didn't do that. So many things. I to, got hung up on Unholy. No, Eric Carr had heart cancer at the okay. time, um, and Eric Singer he he was unable to play the drums. So Eric Singer came in and played the drums. Revenge is the first album Eric Singer plays on. Okay. Um, Eric Carr did backup vocals on that song. Oh, okay. God okay. gave rock and roll to you. And uh, he died the same day Freddie Mercury died. Really? So you almost never hear about Eric Carr's death. It's yeah. always Freddie Mercury, which I can understand because Freddie Mercury was so iconic. But it, it sucks if you're a Kiss fan because Eric Carr really was probably the greatest pound for pound rock drummer Kiss ever had. Really? I, I, I loved Eric Carr. Huh. But uh, no, going back to the S thing. Okay, that's not just on Revenge. Okay. If you look at any Kiss album released in Germany, okay, they have the backward Z's instead of the uh, the S's because those <gasps> two S's look like the SS logo. Oh wow! Okay, so I must have gotten a a cover picture from yep. a German album yep. of it. Uh, I have uh, I have a, let's see, Dress to Kill with the German cover and I have Killers with the German cover. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's that's the whole thing with the, the, ah. the, the bizarre well, makes makes sense. Makes and, sense. Uh, yeah, that was, that, and the KISS logo was, was, was created by Ace. Yeah. In case you didn't know that. No, I did not. Ace, Ace came up with that. Wow. But yeah, that's good. Oh, cool. That's cool. Well, okay then, let's hear what your number three is. Number three. And I'm pretty sure you're seeing a a pattern here. Yes. Yes, it's reverse numbers down from five. No. The vocalist on almost all of these songs yeah. has been Paul Stanley. Right. I'm not going to let you down with this one. Oh, thank God. Strutter. Oh, that was on He's my, my number list. three. Strutter from, 19, from Kiss, 1974, written by Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Um, it is the first song on the album. Uh-huh. And Strutter is so it is literally the first song on the album that they read on their first album. On their first album, if you if you bought that album when it came out, the first thing you heard was Strutter, unless mm. you skipped ahead for some dumb reason. Uh, no, um, that song Strutter basically it is about all of the women Gene and Paul couldn't get when they were poor rock stars, oh. just starting out. It, it's it, it, they said you know they were playing shows for ten people. Yeah. Starting out in Wicked Lester. That was their band before Kiss. 
And uh, you know, they said they would see all these gorgeous women, all these high society ladies with all these fine clothes and stuff, and they were strutters. You know, they yeah. strut right by you. They wouldn't give you the time of day because you were less than them. Right, right. And uh, even yeah, though even though Gene could speak eight languages, yeah. and you know, Gene has a cool story. We should do a, a Fave Five of Gene. <laughs> you could do it <laughs> easily, yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's that, that that's the, the whole thing with strutter. And there were two releases of Strutter, two two versions of Strutter released. The double platinum had Strutter seventy eight, yes, which, which they changed it up a little bit on there. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> Strutter, the main thing I love about Strutter is the vo- the, the chorus, Strutter, and in the hook, Strutter. I love that. I mean, this I love is, your vocalization. Cool song. Oh yeah, I'm uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of raspy, so I got some oh, Peter Chris thing going yeah, on. Yeah, man, I tell you. <laughs> But yeah, that is my number three. Strutter's another one of those songs that I love to hear live. Uh-huh. But uh, sh- I, I don't know what else to say about it, man. It's, it's a great it's, song. It's about good-looking good ladies pick. that they can't get. And I mean, who hasn't seen a good-looking lady that they couldn't get? Uh, That's the most relatable song me? for everybody I mean, alive. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> come on, it's pork chop here, you know? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, that's good. Well, I'm going to, to parry your number three sung by Paul Stanley with my own number three sung by Paul Stanley and written by Paul Stanley from another Ken Kelly album, I believe. Love Gun? Love Gun. From Love Gun. From Love Gun. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And it's actually the song Love Gun. Yes. Love that song. Um, Love Gun got got booted. It was in my top five. It was. It was. Wow. So, tell me something I don't know about Love Gun. Okay, Love Gun, again, this is a family You're show. You're so ready to get onto these. <laughs> this like, is a family show. Right. But Love Gun is about, get the center button ready, okay. Love Gun is about Paul Stanley's penis. Oh. Uh, you pull the trigger on my Love Gun. Uh-huh. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I loved about Early Kiss and hated about Later Kiss. Yeah. Is that the, the double entendres and all the... The innuendo and all these songs. I mean, he's talking about his love gun. Right. <clears throat> Do you? I, I, you don't know how many kids I have seen going around at these shows. You pull the trigger on my love gun. <laughs> you know, they're, they're singing a, this song, and my my wife hates this song. I taught it to my son when he was little, and she. Of course, she <laughs> did. And she she hates this song with a passion. But yeah, the what what's the thing about it that you love so much? You know, again, for most for, for most every one of these, it's the hook. Okay. It's the love for me. Gun. It's, for me, it's the drums. Okay. And in live, it's even more awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Love gun. It's about Paul's penis. That's wow. pretty much the whole song. Pretty much it. Now, Stop if you've ever watched the movie Role Models, uh-huh. with, uh huh, with Ant Man, Paul uh, Rudd, Paul Rudd, and uh, Stifler. Okay. Um, Sean William Scott, I think his name is. Yeah, Stifler like from American Pie. In that film, <clears throat> Stifler's character, I hate to call him that because I can't remember his actual name, but he's Stifler. He takes on this this, this young young boy as his uh, kind of like big brothers, big sisters, that type of deal where they take these, these children who don't have a father figure in their life and they provide a father figure. Okay. And... Uh, he takes him to his house. Well, he's got a Kiss Pinball. He's a huge Kiss fan. He's got a Kiss Pinball machine. He's got all this other stuff. And he starts playing Love Gun. And this little kid starts, he starts grooving to it. And Sean William Scott or Stifler, 
what he tells the kid is wrong. He tells him that they were all Jewish. <laughs> and they weren't all Jewish, but he starts, the little boy, he's just like grieving. He says, I didn't know Jews could move like this. And it's just the funniest thing. And then, and then he says, he says, oh, yeah, man. He said, that's why they wore the makeup. That's why they wore the makeup. So that, you know, you, know you, you couldn't sing songs like that and be Jewish. So they wore the makeup. That is hilarious. And all this stuff is false, but it's hilarious. And uh, he, he says, yeah, he said, yeah, you hear Paul singing about his love gun? His love gun is his, and he says the D word. Uh-huh. And the little kid's like, cool. And so, yeah, and that song, that moment in that movie, that song, it's just hilarious. That is. And it is Sean William Scott, by the way. It is Sean William Scott? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to call him Stifler the whole time. No, no, that's okay. <clears throat> Stifler's mom. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, no. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you for once again enlightening me about my own favorite songs. I appreciate that. But now what I would like to hear is your deuce. I've been waiting the whole okay. show to do the deuce. The deuce. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, my deuce is not the, is not deuce. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure that if you have any hardcore Kiss fans out there listening, they're going to throw their Bible. They're going to set a, a cat on fire when I tell this number two. Okay. It is from Unmasked from 1980. All right. Okay, Unmasked is one of Kiss's lesser albums, sales-wise and fan-wise, but it's the song Shandy. Okay, I've it's heard a of ballad Shandy. sung what? by Paul Stanley. Uh, Shandy um, was massive in Australia. Okay. You know how your show is is huge in what Bulgaria? Hungry. Hungry. Yeah, yeah number hungry. 91 in Hungary. Okay, well Shandy is massive in Australia. When they go on tour in Australia. Paul usually plays it acoustic by himself. Ah. Um, it's the only place in the world, I believe, that they play it wow. live. Unless you go like on a Kiss cruise or you go to one of the, the pre-shows uh-huh. where they'll do like an acoustic set. And um, it was written, I don't think I said that or not, Paul Stanley and Vinnie Poncia wrote it. Okay. Um, the video for this song features Peter Chris. Okay. Peter Chris was no longer well, in the band, band anymore. The okay. This was the last time you Look see Peter. Look at me knowing some trivia. <laughs> this is the last time you see Peter with the band until the reunion. Wow. And with no makeup at that point. No, he had makeup on. Oh. Well, the reunion he did when when no, he comes unmasked. To, no, unmasked. They had makeup on. Still. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's just it, it, it was it was a thing because you know nobody they were very protective of their actual faces. Right. And so they said unmasked, and so that people would go, oh wow, they're going to take off. And when they take the mask off, if you look at the cover, uh huh, they pull their masks off, and they have the paint on underneath. Oh. So you still don't know what they look like. Okay. Well, what's which? What is the album where they did take the, the makeup off? That was uh, for Lick It Up. Okay. That's where they had the on MTV the big breaking news. Yes. yes. And they showed Eric Carr, Vinnie Vincent, and then Paul and Gene, and. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Unmasked is not an Unmasked That's, album. And when when was Lick It Up Lick released? Lick It Up was 1983. Okay, and the reason I say that is because yeah. I can very vividly remember going through Kmart's record section when it was still records, and I was young, but um, I can remember just clear as day seeing the album with without their makeup on yeah and gene of course had the tongue oh my god wagging out that, that tongue that would make uh oprah winfrey his best friend <laughs> oh man there is a they did gene and paul did her show i remember that's what i'm, that's what I'm that saying was controversial yes it was i'd never seen her blush and yeah and yeah, gene yeah it, it it did come out in 1983. well of course it did Just i didn't doubt it that. you said it i, I wanted I, to make sure but yeah, that that song, 
um, from unmasked. I'm sorry. Say wait. I lost track. You said lick it up. Lick it up. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about Shandy though from right. unmasked. From yeah. unmasked. All right. But yeah, the, the whole lick it up thing, the that was a shift in the band. Mm-hmm. It really was started with Creatures because Vinnie Vincent wrote a lot on that one. Right. And he played a lot on that one. Ace didn't play on that one. Ah. And so he's he's on the cover. But anyway, um, Shandy is one of these, it's just this light, airy love song. Love it or hate it, Paul Stanley knows how to write a power pop song. Yeah. He knows how to write a ballad. And he plays to his strengths. You know, the, the dude knows what sells. And so right. that's, 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 Shandy is just one of those songs. It's not loud. Uh, I love the guitar in it. As a matter of fact, uh, Paul played all of the guitar in it. I think it was Paul. Ace played the acoustic guitar, I believe. I might be getting sure no something mixed up with okay. it there. But, um, and then I don't remember who it was. It was, oh, yeah, I've got it. Uh, Stanley, uh, Paul Stanley played the lead guitar. Ace played the acoustic. And then their roadie, Tom Harper, one of Kiss's roadies, he played the bass. Gene what? did not play on this song. And Peter Chris did not play drums. The drummer, which he had played on a number of songs prior to this. Get out. This drummer, I know you know who this guy is. Okay. He has played, he is a member of the most dangerous band in the world. Oh God, I know the answer to this. David Letterman's band. Paul Schaefer was the leader of the yeah, most yeah. dangerous band in the world. The drummer was Anton Fig. Ah, oh, that's it. And Anton yeah. Fig also played drums on Ace's solo album whenever oh, they did the solos. New York Groove. He played on Unmasked. He played on, I think he played on Dynasty. Oh, okay. Some of the songs wow. on Dynasty. Anton Fig, for 24 hours, he was an official member of the band. Because there was one point where Peter had blown up and left. And Paul called Ace, and Ace said, I got a guy. And he calls Anton. And for 24 hours, Anton Fig was in Kiss. And then right after that, Paul calls Ace back. No, I think we got this other kid, Eric Carr. I think we got this other kid that's going to oh, handle it for us. Oh, man. And Anton Fig was cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, it, he, he has played off and on with them over the years. All right. And uh, he's never been an official member of the band for more than 24 hours. <laughs> That's so awesome. I thought that was just it's cool. And again, might not be a true story. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a great story. It's one of those stories where Ace and Paul both have mentioned, yeah, Anton played. And I mean, you have actual, you have evidence. You listen to any album that Anton played on. Yeah. And they credit him. It's not like they tried to hide the fact that Anton Fig played the drums. Wow. He got, he got credit on those albums. And uh, yeah, that's cool, man. That's the thing about Shandy. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, Shandy's just one of those cool songs. Yeah. Well, I, I found this very interesting um, that your number two is a ballad because my number two, my deuce. Is it worth a deuce? It is. You've it's been worth hard? your deuce. You've been working hard. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Um, but it's also a ballad, and I'm talking about from Destroyer. Beth. Yes. By, sung by Peter Chris, but written by Peter Chris, Stan Penridge, and Bob Rezern, the man who knew what to, what to sell. And it had the original Fab Four in it. And um, this is just the song that, you know, I, I, and you'll, you'll tell me, I'm sure, um, that I don't know how a lot of KISS fans, like real KISS Army members, feel about it because it is so soft. But um, just, just 
the, I, I do kind of have a story about this one because of all the four albums, um, Peter's was the only one I, I got. The solo? Yeah, the solo yeah. one. And I don't know, I just guess I always kind of, um, even though I wasn't a cat person, I just kind of always, you know, went toward him. You love Peter. Yeah, I love Peter. And um, I just, I don't know, I just loved that song. And, um, you know, just, just the way that he's, that he's talking to her and, you know, saying, I, I, I can't come home right now. You know, hours. yeah, you know, and uh, anyway, I just, I just loved it. So, uh, so inform me. Again, man, I mean, j just like with uh, Sure Know Something, how many guys have ever had to call their wife because they're having a good time doing something? Like, look, baby, it's just going to be a little bit longer. Just give me a little more time, just, just a few more hours. Every guy has done that. Yeah. At, at least every guy I know has done that <laughs> at least once in his life. It's a very relatable song. Uh, Beth was originally called Beck. Because um, I think it was uh, Peter Chris's girlfriend at the time. Her name was Rebecca. They called her oh, Beck for short. Oh, okay, cool. Something like that. Or no, it was. Or it might have been when he was in Lips. He had the song Beck, and they they were like, "No, Beck's not going to work. We got to change it to something more." And I believe it was Bob Ezrin who came up with. Of course, it was. Um, now there's some controversy over who actually pinned the final song. Um, Stan Penridge gets a lot of credit for it. Stan Penridge wrote if on that on that Peter Chris solo album, he wrote okay. he co-wrote almost all those songs with Peter. Oh wow! Okay, uh, the ones the original songs. Um, Stan Penridge, it, 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 people waffle back and forth. Band members waffle back and forth on who actually wrote it. If you ask Paul or Gene, it was Stan. If you ask Peter or Ace, it was Peter. I got gotcha. you. I mean, it's Family Feud. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that that's the cool thing about Beth. Now Beth. They re-released Destroyer, I think, in 2013. Destroyer Resurrected with the original Ken Kelly cover, okay, which was more more flames, less of the blue background, right? Um, and they they had their uh, the previous tour costumes on. Oh, okay. From the Dress to Kill era, they had the, those costumes on. Yeah. The, on the 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 actual Destroyer, the original Destroyer album, it was the Destroyer tour costumes. Okay. okay. And um, if you listen to it. The, you know, everybody talks about the strings, you know, but if you listen, there's some heavy acoustic guitar work going on in the background, and I don't know off the top of my head who was doing it. I'm assuming it was either Paul or Ace, but the if you ever listen to Resurrected, Destroyer Resurrected, okay. Beth, in my opinion, is better on Resurrected. There's very slight, very slight differences between the two songs. The mm -hmm. original is awesome. Very slight differences. But you can hear those acoustic guitars so much better because Bob Ezrin went in and remastered the whole album. Um, I actually own a copy of the album with uh, a skip in it. Uh, the original release of it, of Destroyer Resurrected, this huge remastered big deal album on Flaming Youth. They uh, they screw up part of the song. Really? And in in, in they re-released it. After, after it, they realized what went on, they released more copies of it. But I have one of the, oh, the wow, jacked that's up cool. copies, and I don't have the other copy, the better copy. Yeah, I have the jacked that's, up. Copy. That's the one you want. And uh, but Flaming Youth, another song could have been on my list. Uh -huh. It's got a calliope in it. And well, I mean, come on, you I know. I mean, it's just amazing. That's awesome. So yeah, so Beth's your number two. That's it. That's your so guess. that means, if my arithmetic is correct, that we have done everything except our all-time favorite Kiss songs as of today. 
Yes. We're not going to compare them to your tomorrow. Yes. So why don't you lay it on us, the number one Kiss song for you. This one, for all those Kiss fans who think I have a terrible list here, mm-hmm. because I've got songs like all these ballads, Forever and Shandy and Sugar, so this is going to make up for all of it. Okay. It is not Rock and Roll All Night. All right. Rock and Roll All Night didn't make my list at all. wasn't even considered. Okay. 1974, the first Kiss album, Kiss. The last song on the album. Strutter was the first song. Right. The last song. My favorite Kiss song probably of all time now. It's pretty much a Stone Cold Lock. Mm -hmm. Sung by Peter Criss. Written by Paul Stanley. Okay. Black Diamond. Black Diamond. Yeah. And then that long, I think it's like a three minute... End uh-huh. ending to it, and they slow down the chord because they're just playing that one chord over and over and over again. And then Paul, uh, Peter's drums, boom, 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 boom. I just love that man. Yeah. That is amazing. On double platinum, they edited that out. That's not on. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sitting here version. listening to you, and I, I'm not. Yeah, dude, the, the, you've got to listen to it on the original album. Okay, okay. And uh, it starts with Paul Stanley. Out on the streets for a living, pictures only begun. Ooh, got you under their thumb. And you're you know, Peter's back there yeah. hitting the sticks together. Hit it! Paul Stanley says, hit it. Boom, 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 And then it's that raspy Peter Chris voice. Out on the street for a living. He repeats the first line that Paul did. Right. And then he goes through this whole song. And it's just pound for pound, man. One of the most brutal Kiss songs as far as the drums go. Yeah. Peter Chris is not known for his power drumming. He was more of a jazz drummer. That's okay. what he was trained as. He was a boogie woogie man. I mean, he did all that kind of stuff. You, you've heard it on his album. Oh, yeah. He, he His solo album, he does a lot of boogie woogie type stuff. A lot of ballady stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the softer, jazzy stuff like that. But this song, it's like they said, Pete, beat the hell out of the drums. And Do what you did. want, brother. It's your and solo. He, he did it. And I mean, that, that's my favorite drum performance by Peter Chris, hands down, is Black Diamond. Awesome. Uh, this song, uh, it just the the way at the end, the, it goes, boom, and you hear, boom, and it just keeps going, and then Pete's drums, Boom, 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 boom. You and really should be able to do those at the same time. I'm just if you saying. Listen, if you listen commit. to it, crank the speakers up. Okay. And the drum, that noise, you, it makes the speaker strain. Wow. And that's, it's just awesome. The cool. whole song is awesome. Um, it is now sung, of course, by Eric Singer on the tour. If yeah. on Anytime you see Kiss on tour and they perform Black Diamond, which they perform at every time, mm-hmm. uh, it and Beth, as a yeah. matter of fact, are both sung by Eric Singer. Um, little known fact, on Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits, Beth was sung by Eric Carr. Oh! One of his few vocal performances okay. with the band. Um, but yeah, Black Diamond, backstory for that, that song, it's about a hooker. Oh. Uh, this young black lady. Uh-huh. And Gene and Paul, they would always see this young black lady, Hooker, of course, on the streets of New York. She was on the streets, and it was a rough life, and that's why you know got you under their thumb. It's her pimp they're talking about. Oh, He's okay. holding her down. She's trying to break free from this life, and she's the black diamond. I got you, uh, like a diamond in a rough, I guess you could say. Wow, I, and, again, never uh, knew. People 
people think, oh, there's a screamer Black Diamond. It's about skiing, skiing, you know, yeah. the slopes or no. whatever. Black Diamond. No, it's it's about a hooker, yeah. and it's it's a it's actually a, a nice song. They're trying because they feel bad for her. She mm-hmm. she's got this terrible life. The world's burning around her, and she's just trying to make it. Yeah. And uh, that's the whole the story behind Black Diamond. And then I mean the, the drums. I mean that's the thing. Ace also his his solo. It's one of those. It's it's just it just beats you up. It, it's just like in your face. You know, right. they, they're holding you by the back of the head. And they're just pounding you in the face. <laughs> the whole song is like that, but it's about a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a lady of the night. So that's 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 wow. that is my number one song, and I'm sure I made a lot of Kiss fans happy because Black Diamond is definitely one of their. Kids. Well, I noticed on your uh, your laptop there that you've got the the sticker for Dress to Kill. Yeah, for yeah. Dress to Kill. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. And actually, if you look at it, you can see I had mentioned the ill-fitting yeah. uniforms. Yeah. Look at Gene's pants. I know, right man. There. That's crazy. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, so, um, I gotta know. You know what my number one is, or at least you've I'm already talked do my, about. I'm gonna number. do my best, Paul Stanley. Okay. Hey, Sofa. I, you wanna know? Oh yeah. Jamie Ray's number one song. Oh my God. It's Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. It's yes. a fine choice. Uh, you know, I was biting my tongue while you were talking about it because I just, I love that song. And you asked me, you know, you all very, that's what I like about the songs. For me, it is that beginning part, you know. It, it kind of sets you up that you are in the song, yep. you know. And to hear the, you know, the, the, the music come on uh, from the radio, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, then it just starts going, you know, and it just uh, gets you. And it's just, it, it is for me one of the quintessential 70s rock. So just, you know, and again, it comes from that amazing Ken Kelly um, with the, like you said, with the, the city and, and ruins behind it. Just such, um, it's just iconic for me, yep. you know. And so when I crank it up, that's the song that I'll, that I'll go to. And, you know, there's so much about that album. And it's and it's all over the place. If you if yeah. you sit down and listen to it, it's not just hard rock. They've got I mean Beth's on there, mm-hmm. uh, Flaming Youth with a Calliope is yeah. on there. I mean it's just and, and, I, and I, whenever I would hear that song, that whenever they would start playing it, and I was like, man, that is cool. But it worked in that song. It's like who would play that? Yeah. in a yeah. rock song. But yeah, Detroit Rock City, like you said, you know, it starts off. You know, you know, it's just the beginning of the day or, or the ending of the day, depending on when you're listening, I guess. People are eating at the diner. He gets in his car to go and he, boom, boom, he guns it up. And then that, 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 the song just starts crawling in. Yeah. And it just starts getting drawn. Yeah. And it starts building up, building up. And then it punches you in the face, you know, and it just explodes. That wasn't the first, the first live song I ever heard Kiss play was Modern Day to Lie. I, I could not go see them as a child growing up. I wasn't right. allowed to see them, and I definitely wasn't allowed to see Motley Crue because of the pentagrams and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get to see Kiss until uh, 20, it was uh, 2012. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. The first time I saw them was at the Cynthia Mitchell Woods Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion in the Woodlands. Second time I saw them was in 2012, but uh, they, it was just them, and they just released Sonic Boom, and Modern Day Delilah was the first song I ever heard them play live. 
The second time I saw him was on the tour with Motley Crue and a band called The Treatment, a little British, a little British band, young British band. Right. And uh, I got to meet a couple of those guys. They were cool. And uh, Kiss, Detroit Rock City opened up that one. And then on the uh, end of the road tour, on the leg I saw them on, they opened with Detroit Rock City. Wow. And uh, that song, I mean, it's kind of like Rock and Roll All Night, Ends of Kiss concert. Detroit Rock City is the perfect way to open it. Yeah. Because you got that da 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 and then boom, the, you know, the, the curtain falls, the flames shoot, yeah, and here yeah, comes the yeah. band, you know? And that's it, just the, the, the cool thing. Every you can pretty much take every Kiss song and put it in the right order that it should be played. Yeah. In their concert, they know when to slow things down with like a "I Was Made for Loving You" or uh, "Sure Know Something," even though that one didn't get played a lot. And then they know how to kick it back up with uh, "Crazy Crazy Crazy Nights" or uh, "I Love It Loud." And yeah. Then that, that yeah man, that's that's cool. <laughs> I'm I so glad. No Gene songs on my. Yeah, list. I know. So. We only that was the only song we had crossover was Detroit yeah, Rock City. Detroit Rock City. You know, no Ace songs. Yeah, though um, if I would have a, a, a song on here that could have been, I would have put New York Groove. New York Groove. I friggin' love that song, man. See, I probably would have gone with Snowline. Okay. Uh, that's also his solo Kiss album. Oh. Um, I like Shock Me. Awesome. Uh solo but the thing is and this is just a me thing ace's voice is my least favorite yeah but i love the, the way that song goes but man he he can play yeah he can play so he's so amazing even today man I, I i still i still buy all of his solo stuff he's still cranking out albums yeah and i prefer listening to his instrumental stuff where he just tears up a guitar yeah and ace he seems like the guy if if he wasn't Ace Freely, right, you could just walk up to him in a bar and talk to him. Punch him in the f- oh, for talk hours. To him. Okay. You know, talk to him for hours, and he would just be the coolest guy. He seems like the coolest guy in the world, and I mean, he is Ace Freely, so he's always going to have people around him. But if he was a nobody, yeah, you could just go up to him and you're like, man, you are cool. Yeah, and there's just something about Ace's vibe. Gene, yeah, Gene is yeah, Gene. Gene is Gene. Peter. I don't know. Peter's kind of standoffish, to my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then Paul Stanley. Paul wants the attention. Right. I mean, he wants. He okay. Needs, it's like he needs it in a good way. He yeah. wants and needs it. Um, Eric Carr, in my opinion, the best member as far as being fan friendly. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he he was replacing Peter Chris. Yeah. Massive boots to fill, and he comes in because if you look at video of him now. You know, before he died, right, especially right there at the beginning during Creatures and all that stuff, he was out there with the fans, out there signing autographs, taking pictures, hugging people, you know, shaking hands, doing yeah. all that. The rest of the band, they do a little bit of that, and then they go in. Eric Carr stayed out there with the fans. Wow. And then uh, Vinny Vincent, Vinny was his own thing. Vinny is an amazing, he's like Ingve Malmsteen. He's a brilliant guitarist, doesn't know when to stop. Wow. Um, and that's one of the reasons they got rid of him, is uh, he would start doing a solo on Shout It Out Loud or you know, whatever song and he just go and go and go and go and when he doesn't stop that throws off the rest of the show. Right. And supposedly Makes there's sense. some stuff going on behind the scenes too with him but he wrote a lot of songs on Revenge. He wrote songs on other Kiss albums after he left the band. Yeah. Then Bruce Kulick amazing guitarist my favorite guitarist of the band he uh, was a professional. 
Okay. Just an amazing guy. Um, Eric Singer, he's a hired gun. They needed a drummer. They brought him in. Dude has played for Alice Cooper, Lita Ford. He was in Black Sabbath for a little bit. Wow. He has been in every band pretty much under the sun because um, he's amazing. Maroon 5? He's, no, he, he actually has musical tastes. Oh, okay. So, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, Tommy Thayer. Well, I didn't mention Mark St. John. Mark St. John, amazing player. He just he had health issues. And then Bob Kulick, who's Bruce's brother, he recorded with him. He never toured or anything, but he recorded a few songs with him. Um, and then last but not least, of course, the most beloved member of KISS is Tommy Thayer. Yeah. Fans either love him or hate him. Uh, he is my son's favorite guitarist. I have no problem with him in the Spaceman makeup. He can play. Yeah. I mean, it's... He's got the chops. He's there. He yeah. shows up. He wow. shows up to work every day. That's awesome. And so, yeah, man. This has been fun. It has been. I've learned Kiss. so much about KISS. I feel like I could do a panel now. <laughs> well, okay. We need to do a panel about Kiss. We can. The next show, we'll do a panel. We and we'll, can do a panel about we'll, Kiss. We'll, we'll put this show out. Uh, this will be out in a few weeks. And uh, then we'll just have to start booking our, our contours. Yeah. You know? We, we could hit all the Kiss conventions. All of them. You and know? just make oh, tons of money off of people. So much money. You know? <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, again, thanks for sitting down and, and doing this with me. Um, I really appreciate the fact that you, 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 I know you put so much into it because you can tell how much you love this group, you know, so, so yep. thanks a lot, man. Um, no problem. Well, thank, and thank, I also, thank you. Oh, please. <laughs> I'd also like to thank all of you out there in the podcast universe for joining us for this rock and roll episode of Fave Five from Fans. You can subscribe to the show through the places you catch a podcast and it would be a huge help to me, personally to me, please, I'm asking you, consider telling a friend. And if you don't like the show, I don't know, consider telling it to somebody you don't like. You know, who knows, maybe, I don't care, you know? Um, if you could rate and review the show, especially with five stars, unless it's like a 10 star place, then put 10 stars. Anyway, just the maximum amount of stars would really help us out. You can always find us on Twitter, on our website, and on Facebook. Um, Fave 5 from Fans is a part of the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. And you can find us at sipnet.us on Twitter and on the gram, as the kids call it. Yes, Lily, I remember they don't call it that. Well, that's it for this episode. I want to thank our guest, Kendall Fontenot, one last time. Kendall, it has been an absolute pleasure. It's been a blast. Talk to me. All we need is a little conversation. That's a kiss reference. <laughs> oh, look at you pulling it out. <laughs> and remember, folks, it may not be the best. It may not be the most popular. But if it's your favorite, then it's good enough for us. Thanks for joining us. Dun, 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 d